This is the Cork Today replay on C103. We welcome you along and hopefully you'll stay with us until one o'clock today. John Paul's taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Text and WhatsApping to 0862-103-103. Later on on the programme, we will talk with the mum of this family who find themselves in probably the worst place you could possibly imagine that you would want to be a week out from Christmas. They are out of their house, the house that they have been living in uh, due to to a fire and they've lost everything in the fire. Christmas presents are gone. All the cl- all their clothes, all the children's uh, clothes, furniture, everything. Literally everything has been destroyed. Now at the moment they've got the kindness of neighbours and friends who are putting them up so I think the emergency priority at this stage is to try to find a rental property in the Carrigaline area for them. We'll talk with the mum later on but I'm assuming that's what she's going to tell us that she wants to remain in Carrigaline because the children are all primary age school school going age so she'll want to keep them all in the same school, schools and try to keep everything as normal as possible for them There's, they've had enough upheaval in their lives without having to relocate to a different part of Cork from, from a housing situation but it couldn't happen at a worse time with the housing crisis that we have there's a GoFundMe page that we'll talk about a little bit later on if you'd like to donate if you'd like to help out this family I know we're taking donations of items as well I mean we're starting a house from scratch really for this family so we'll, we'll tell you more about that uh, later on. So as I said, that we'll, we'll get to that. It'll be after 12 though by the time we get to that uh, today. So I think we can all just, uh, first of all we can all be thankful that everyone got out of the house. Okay. You've just got to be so, so careful when it comes to house fires. Smoke alarms folks. Make sure you have smoke alarms in your house. Check the batteries in the smoke alarms. Check in on older neighbours and friends and family members it might make a nice Christmas present if you discover that granny or granddad doesn't have a smoke alarm or your neighbour doesn't have a smoke alarm you might consider buying something buying that as a Christmas present and put it in install it as well because how many times we've heard many years ago we used to be giving out smoke alarms particularly around fire safety week we'd get a bundle of of smoke alarms and and we'd give them out and then we'd hear from people who had received one of the smoke alarms it's still in the box we didn't put it up so when you buy the smoke alarm you need to install it install it properly and then for those of us that do have our smoke alarms when was the last time you checked the battery and actually it's something now I'm saying it I need to practice what I preach I can't remember the last time I checked the battery on my smoke alarm just need to press the button and make sure that it is still okay and at this time of year with Christmas with candles we all love to have candles burning and there's extra plugs being plugged into the sockets Just we just all need to be a little bit careful we want to keep everybody safe this uh, Christmas A smoky coal ban has been extended to all towns with a population of more than 10,000 people so that means for here in Cork a smoky coal ban will be in place in Cove, in, Madl- in Mallow and in Middleton. Now we had been talking about the possibility of a nationwide ban on smoky coal but the Minister for Communications Climate Action and the Environment Richard Bruton yesterday said he wouldn't be proceeding with a nationwide ban on smoky coals because he's still saying there's a risk of illegality about it unless he would decide to ban peat, ban turf and ban wet wood. What would happen is coal companies from outside of Ireland could take the government to court for saying there's an un- an un- there's not a level playing field for them in which to sell their coal. So because of that, Richard Bruton, while 
he sort of intimates that he would like to do it and we all know that if you ban smoky coal we know for air quality it's much better and that the poor air quality as a direct result of what is pouring out of chimneys has serious damaging effects on people's health so it is the right way to go but he's saying I can't do it at the moment but what I will do I'll follow the lead that's already there there is smoky coal ban in major cities we know Dublin was the first there nearly 30 years now with the smoky coal ban and we know Cork City has a smoky coal ban so now towns more than 10,000 people so for Cork people of Mallow, people of Middleton and people of Cove will no longer be able to burn smoky coal and it comes in on September 2020. If you have a view on that, is the Minister, is he right in saying no point in attempting to introduce a nationwide ban because we'll just be hauled through through the courts and I'm assuming there's no possible way because we discussed this a few weeks ago and we had a huge reaction and there was uproar about it at the time. The very notion that he would not only ban smoky coal but that he would ban peat, he'd ban turf, briquettes, all kinds of wood. People were saying, you know, they'd freeze to death. How would they How would they heat their homes? And people who live in some of the older stock of housing in particular that find it very hard to heat those houses, the amount of work that would need to be done to those houses. So people, and people still like to have the open fire. I, I couldn't get over actually when we spoke about it the last time, the amount of people said, you know, that the open fire, it can be more than just about heating the house while people light it to heat the house. But there's also com- something comforting, something warming, pardon the pun, warming the heart about sitting around an open fire. And at this time of year and with you know Christmas, you know, families will enjoy all sitting around and having the fire lit. So, you know, people were quite upset about the idea, notion that the, we may one day be in a situation that we would never have, never be able to have an open fire. And of course, a lot of the newer houses don't have a fireplace. They, we are slowly trying to get rid of it, but we're many, many years uh, away from uh, that. Uh, 1850-333-103, if you have a view, particularly if you're in one of those towns living in Cove, Middleton or Mallow who will be subject to the ban from next September. Do you welcome it? I'm assuming people who have any kind of chest problems suffer with asthma. The air quality in those towns certainly will improve when that ban comes in next September. Now on the programme this morning we're going to chat about the hope that the routing of the Cork-Limerick motorway will definitely go through North Cork and not go via care that has been speculated about for the last year or so there's been a big push Tipperary County Council certainly have been pushing for the motorway to go via care and it would seem Limerick County Council are saying pretty much the same thing and if you look at it on paper it would be cheaper to connect Cork to Limerick and to connect it via the motorway with a spore off the motorway from care. It would be cheaper to do it that way than to go what has always been perceived as the more traditional and I would, I would say more direct route to bring it from Cork into Mallow, up into Butterfant, on into Charleville and then on up and into Limerick. 
that's going to be the more expensive option but of course it is the preferred option for people who are living in North Cork and people living in Kerry and living in parts of Limerick would way prefer to have that route. Anyway we're going to be discussing it again because it's, it is almost like one of those issues that just doesn't seem to be going away. It keeps raising its head every now and again. We'll hear more about it on the programme today. Certainly some good news for the people of Mallow and for the traders of Mallow I imagine are celebrating. Uh, Cork County Council have decided to take back control of parking in Mallow Town. Mallow Town was the only town in the county of Cork that had a private company operating its pay parking. And some felt, some felt, that the parking attendants were a little bit overzealous about handing out tickets. And certainly there probably wasn't a month where we wouldn't get at least one call from a disgruntled motorist who had been in Mallowtown, either come visiting for the day or were local person downtown shopping and they ended up getting a parking uh, ticket and they'd just gone over or the the one that we got I think most often was where somebody had a parking ticket and there was still time left on it and they drove to a different area of the town and assumed that the ticket would work and it doesn't you've got to get another ticket when you move to a different area that was the one I hope they changed that actually I always thought that was really unfair I mean if you get two hours of parking does it really matter where you're parking your car as long as it's legally parked I hope I really do hope they change that. And then it's the half hour free parking is always catching people going, when does the half hour start? Can you add the half hour on to get, you know, get a one hour ticket and add the half hour on to the end of that? It doesn't seem like you can do that. And people tried to argue with the traffic wardens and just felt they were getting nowhere. And people felt that if it was under the control of the council, that the council workers seem to be a little bit more lenient with having the discussion with people around parking and please don't give me a ticket sir and all that. So we'll chat about that and we welcome your thoughts and comments because I'm assuming that it is going to be very welcomed news for people who live and work in uh, Mallow. And a Cork employment law firm encouraging employers to ban the Christmas party. Now a lot of companies will have already had Christmas parties but this weekend coming up is one of the most busy weekends for the office party. Now, I don't know if you work, if you're listening to us at work, do you have an office party? Do you enjoy the office party? Is it something you look forward to? I mean, employers will say, and employees will say, it's a good team builder. It's always great to get people out together socialising. And for many companies, the only night that everyone gets out together is at the Christmas party. So it's going to be good, you know, know, good for morale. And I always think it's nice as well particularly if it's a very generous Christmas party if the employers pay for everything at the party and we know there's been many 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 legendary stories about free bars at uh, Christmas parties but you know if the employer is very generous about the Christmas party it's a nice way for the employer to say thank you and a, you know a little bit of a, re- a reward and I know they've paid their employees all year but it's just a nice little thank you from the employer to say well done you're a great bunch and come along here and in, enjoy your night out. And now today we're going to hear from a solicitor saying, no, not a good idea. You need to forget about it. You need to stop it completely. And we'll find out more when we speak with a, a leading uh, employment lawyer on the programme today. Now, there's an open day next Monday in West Cork. And the idea behind this open day is to try to encourage emigrants who are home for Christmas to consider moving back home or relocating to West Cork to live and to work. So they're going to go through obviously the jobs that are available in the area. But more importantly, I suppose, they're going to try to sell to people 
the advantages of living and working in a rural area and living in some of the wonderful towns that are dotted around West Cork. And I think it's a good idea to do it at Christmas because there will be a lot of immigrants coming home. And I know I read somewhere, did I, did I hear the figure that there's a million people will be coming back home to Ireland or coming into Ireland to celebrate Christmas. So lots and lots of people. And if you have occasion to be at the airport any day, it's already started. I saw a clip on the news last night. I think it is one of the most emotional places to be in the run up to Christmas. That excitement of waiting at the arrivals gate waiting for that door to open and your loved one to appear and if you do I'm a great people watcher when I'm at airports I absolutely love it I just love to sit and watch and I'm sort of trying to imagine I wonder is it a son or a daughter there working waiting for is he waiting for a girlfriend she waiting for her husband or those kids waiting for their dad and just the tears, the happy, joyful tears when the family member arrives. It is, it's just, it's truly magical. And I know the downside then is in the weeks after Christmas, the tears as loved ones are going back. So maybe this year, some of those tears won't have to happen if somebody comes back goes along to this open day and discovers, yeah, I could live and work here and there's a job for me. So we'll chat about that uh, later on on the programme. And then Peter Dowdell will join us after half past 12 today for the final gardening slot for 2019. So get your questions in for Peter, please. A little bit later on, I've got a lovely little packaged piece that Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, made up for us yesterday. She went along to the pupils of Drumahan National School. Remember a couple of weeks ago, the principal of Drumahan National School, Dennis Murray, joined me in studio to talk about the fact that this year, instead of the children bringing presents in for their teacher, uh, the the parents and the children were asked, would they instead give a gift that would be donated to homeless people and people who are being supported by the Cork uh, Simon community and they also gave wool that a group in Glanmire then used to knit blankets for the homeless. It was just a terrific initiative and this week the non-perishable food items work and the food were collected for uh, homeless help and supporting Cork and the Cork Simon community and Fiona went along to the school and she's a little packaged report and it's, it's just delightful and actually there's a video up on the C103 Facebook page as well if you want to take a look at what happened to Drumahan National School. So we'll play that out uh, a little bit later on. And staying on schools, thank you to Jenny and Donnerwell for emailing Patricia at c103.ie. So dear Patricia, could you please say a big thank you to the Leaving Cert students of Nagel Rice Secondary School in Donnerwell who delivered a gift of a little Christmas tree, a bale of briquettes and a handmade Christmas card to every senior citizen in the Donnerell area yesterday. It is such a kind and a thoughtful tradition by the students and they do it, the Leaving Cert class do it every single year. And I wish them all the best of luck with their Christmas concert, which is Tidings of Joy. And that's on, on Thursday night. Wish you and all the staff at C103 a happy Christmas and every good wish for the new year. That's Jenny from Donnerell and many happy returns to you, Jenny. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas as well. But well done. That is a lovely Initiative. It's been going on for many, many, many years at uh, the Nagel Rice. I don't know how it all started or who started it, but it's one of those Christmas traditions that the Leaving Cert class pass on to the next Leaving Cert class and then they pick up the gold dish and they do obviously a little bit of fundraising. They get the money together to get the little Christmas trees and the bale of baguettes and they fund it all and then they go out and deliver it to all of the senior citizens and they hand make a Christmas card. It's lovely. It is lovely and I know it is hugely, hugely appreciated 
by the elderly people in the parish of Donnerwell. So well done to the students. Take a bow. Good luck with your concert tomorrow night. Tidings of joy. 1850-333-103. John Paul takes your calls. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and wishing you a stocking full of happiness. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Eggfoil and Mock, Quidden and Nihir is Farlin. Shaw Eight Thrower, C103 Air Kirkig. Osclear Park, Glown the Tromore Lediani, Erin Devo Yas, Dungahir, Agassiz Fader Shoe, Nutamont Rigge, Hogalor Rodiger Fader Yan of Safork, Ha Rian BMX San, Unadakwech the Fen Air, Is Fader Rugby at Immertown, Dollar Q Lodi, Agastha and Dome Alm. Is Fader Rarka Oiler, Galor does not deal something to Shatal Gurkig, Unwinter Fiachan the Shaw, Ha Park, Glown the Tromore, Erin Devo Yas, Dungahir. Nukta, Quid Denaniha, Isfari Gorkig, C103. A Cork County councillors, especially those based in North Cork, have welcomed the news that the prospect of the Cork Limerick motorway being run via care has receded. Joining me to discuss uh, this further, Charleville based councillor Ian Doyle. Good morning to you, Ian. Morning, Patricia. Uh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Now, where is this news coming from that the care option seems to be slightly off the agenda? Yeah, well, I thank you, Patricia, and it was just a concern with me actually. I was at the I was months ago. I was at with the Taoiseach. I was at the signing of the 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 the, the, the M20 motorway, and that was given at the, and that has been at the design stage. And at that stage, and still at that stage, all routes are being looked at. You know, from yeah. the, in terms of a cost point of view, in terms of a safety point of view, and in terms of an economic point of view, and that does include. Uh, the route for Mitchell to care as well. And, you know, I was just concerned that it, it's dragging on and I was wondering what the position was. So at another meeting last week, I brought it up. And, you know, we were comfortably, reliably informed by Cork County Council officials and particularly by Councillor Jared Murphy, who is part of the Southern Assembly, that there is no question, well, that, that there isn't a question of that route, that the, the route would be the N20, which is the Charville, Butterbent, Mallow line. And, you know, every, um, at, this, at this minute, it's still at the design stage, but certainly every indication is that it would be this route. Yeah, and Councillor Jared Murphy stated at this Southern Regional Assembly that a motion that had been put forward seemingly by Tipperary County Council, because obviously that, they that, would want it from care, uh, right. that the link be built off the M50, the M8, that that had been defeated. So that's right. so that's, that would point in the direction that, it, that it, it's a non-runner. But and we won't know, and, and we won't know for sure, for sure, for sure. We won't know for sure, for sure. And, until the design is, is, uh, is out the there. Yeah, but certainly Parry Barrage, who's leading up the Cork County Council in section with Aidan Weir and Bob O'Shea, were certainly definitely pushing our route. Gerard Murphy, as I say, from the Southern Regional Assembly, who has an impact into the National Development Plan, certainly said that, that the only motorway in question at the moment was the M20. So it, it's, reason, it's reasonably good news, and I'm very confident that that would be the case. You know. OK, why it's, is Limerick County Council the authority responsible for the M20 route? I, you know, I think, Patricia, to be honest with you, at the time, it was just simply a matter of time, to be honest with you, and officials having the time. Uh, the reason for that is, I mean, as you know, we're doing the Mokroom bypass ourselves here. We're doing the Mallow Relief Road, which has yeah. now after gone to the design stage, and also the Denkettle Roundabout. So I think it was really logistically that somebody would just... It, it, it is at just the design stage, not at the construction stage. You know, it's just bringing yeah. up a plan. 
you know, to look into that. But they are because more of the route will be in Cork than in Limerick. It's it's the very first point I made, Patricia, that ninety percent of the route is Cork County and Cork County Council. So we need to have the biggest input into it. But I'm confident that Party, you know, Party Barrett and and his team are certainly on top of it. And uh, once it comes to the tender stage and once it comes to the design stage, certainly Cork County Council will be the will be the leader. Will be certainly in cooperation with everybody else. When will the final route be announced? Well, what party? What they said at the meeting the other morning was that in springtime the design stage the design stage would be complete and the route would be announced at that stage. You know, so uh, hopefully. Well, so uh, we're talking months. Within we're months. Talking, that's only for the design stage. We're talking months. There's no question about that. I mean, you want to look at the you want to look at the Malcolm Bypass. You know, you're talking twenty years there, and they don't get the roundabout. You know, and a good positive story was the the Mallow Relief Road uh, last Monday. But I mean, that's been signed I, off, yeah, yeah. But since I started the council before me, um, that has been in, involved. But it's good news. It's a good positive story at the same time, yeah, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and is is there, a, by the way, is there a timeline on the Mallow Northern Relief Road now? Uh, no, it's no. Uh, it's only got the consultant someone looking at again looking at the design stage and looking at the route uh, the route selection. But at least it started anyway, so, which is good, which is good news. But I mean, I think that it's it's imperative that we have the M20 going through the Charleville, Butterfield, Mallow direction. I mean, not just from the development economically and socially of our towns, but also of the whole Ireland southwest region. I mean, you're you're covering a whole area of Kerry and you're covering a whole area of. You know, I'm just thinking of Munster Joinery and Quilter and the farming organisations which are in the southwest that need connectivity to the west of Ireland. You have a motorway coming from Dublin, you have a motorway coming down the west of Ireland and everything stops in Limerick. Mm. And there's also, you know, the huge safety factor. The N20 is not safe for the volume of traffic that it is at the moment. So I, I, I think there's no doubt that certainly the decision will be made to do the M20 on this route, yeah. And the volume of traffic, uh, Ian. I mean, we, we seem to be getting complaints on a daily basis of people yeah. stuck in traffic, not moving. It's like but a car park my here. Heart, yeah, my heart goes Coincidentally, now, we have, between Ross Cross and, and Ballyhay Junction, we have four farmers crossing that road twice a day on a daily basis. And I just don't know how they manage, to be honest with you. It is, it's impossible that if it goes across the road and it has become increasingly and thankfully economically the country is going well but uh, you know that that is related back to the volume of trucks and lorries and cars on our roads so it, it really is a serious issue it's a priority and certainly it would be the finish of the national development plan and it's a priority definitely yeah. OK yeah. and springtime hopefully and uh, it also will help the towns like Charville I mean in the country development plan we have you know zoned planning commission for up to about seven or eight hundred houses infrastructure is holding up that so certainly if there was a relief road it would help certainly the development of a, a town like Charleville, which is, which is punching above its weight in terms of economically and our main streets, you know, such, it would be good news. Yeah, yeah. OK. And uh, before we let you go, wearing your other hat as, as the fuel merchant. Oh, God, um, don't, the, get me start, don't get me started. <laughs> the, the, the ban on uh, smoky coal, it's, now it's not going yeah. to be a nationwide ban now. Oh, yeah. uh, there's an, an extension instead to Cove, yeah. Middleton and uh, Mallow. What, what, what yeah. is your view on a nationwide ban? Which, look, I'd be Gilbert, I mean, inevitably it's going to come. I mean, environmentally, and I suppose the, the global warming is certainly an issue, and it is a huge issue European-wise now at the moment. So that is going to come. The point I would make now, and I have been making this, is that, you know, the government had it in its remit. I mean, we were in charge of Bournemouth, which controlled the, 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 the smoky fuel industry and the fuel industry in Ireland. And we walked, we, we left Bournemouth closed down last year. And as a result, I mean, other companies and coming, like you know, we mentioned this morning about a, a, a veiled threat from outside agencies that would, yeah. would, would take it to gold. I mean, we had it, 
we had it within our remit to control the, the, the coal industry and develop the coal industry and develop it to a smoke, you know, a totally smokeless product. But instead, we, we sort of walked away, we walked away from it, which is a pity, I think, you know. Uh, there was planning permission granted for a smokeless plant down in Foynes, which would provide employment and would provide manufacturing industry for smokeless products. And we didn't take it up. And I think that was a mistake. But, but you know, boredom owners, it's a shame to see them out of the coal industry, you know. And in the Midlands as well, you know, I mean, you had a huge peak because uh, employment there is a huge... It was devastating yeah, yeah, to the yeah. Midlands. So what you're saying is it will come in at some stage? Well, I suppose it will. There's no doubt about it, Patricia. But, you know, our houses, you know, our older houses, yeah. uh, there are people that are buying Polish coal. And unless there's a retrofit programme put in, I mean, they're, they're not fit for, you know, not fit for purpose. And basically, we do need, unfortunately, we do need bituminous coal for heat. And there's no, there's no point in saying otherwise, you know. Are you flat out working at this time of year? Yeah, yeah. And and do people? I mean, do you sell the smoke-free coal? I do, I do. Yeah, but it, to be honest with you, like uh, the, the still bituminous coal is the, is the, is the and that that includes all coal, man. Uh, it is the. Uh, it is, it is the preferred option and it is the, it is the most heat efficient as well. Okay, so, and so, somebody no. somebody from Mallow is making the point because it is coming in in Mallow in, in September Mallow, right, yeah. of That's 2020. Right. Somebody said, does that mean that none of the fuel merchants in Mallow will be allowed to smell to yeah. sell that's, smoky yeah, coal? Yeah. Yeah. They won't be, able to, yeah, they won't be allowed to sell. But what's yeah. to stop me going to Charleville and buying it for me and Doyle? Well, in, well um, I better not mind myself here now. <laughs> there isn't <laughs> anything to stop somebody... somebody well, in, well, environmentally, uh, I mean, there are, there are, you know, there are measures that, that can be done within the town to know whether you are burning a, a smokeless product or not, you know. And I presume that inspection regime would come in place as well. I mean, it is a place in Dublin City and in Cork City. But you, can, you can measure the year, you know, and I suppose you can pinpoint down to who's who's burning Polish coal and who's not burning Polish coal. Now, I'm sure to be very cost-effective and things like that, but uh, certainly there are measures to do that. Yeah. Okay, and of course, it will it will be fantastic for air quality. Let's, I should let's, know, let's, uh, let's yeah, uh, call it a spade a spade. Okay, there's, we leave there it there. Are, can, I, can I just, just on behalf of North Cork, just personally thank you and wish you, you and Natasha and all your family a very happy Christmas. Thank and, you. And John Paul and Bernie as well. And it would be remiss of me not to mention my neighbour, Jimmy Bill Reedy. Uh, County Sound does a huge service to North Cork and, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. So well, well, well thank you. And thank you. You've always been, t- you've, uh, you're always available whenever we call you and we do, really do appreciate that. So happy Christmas to you and Thanks your family as well, Ian. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 That is a Charleville-based uh, councillor, Ian Doyle. 1850 Listen, says, talking about a motorway. We've been talking about that motorway for years and it still hasn't been built. I'm sick of it. If it was Dublin, it would have been... Uh, done. 1850 333 103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. The C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non-profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103. 
103. Now, yesterday, Cork County Council discussed the future enforcement of pay parking in Mallow at a behind-closed-doors meeting where even the press were excluded. The issue was raised in a motion by Mallow Labour Councillor James Kennedy, who once again joins me in studio because we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Good morning to you, James. Thank you, Patricia, uh, and you're welcome. Now, you. Mallow is the only town in the county that has its parking overseen by a private company, yes. but no more. Tell me what happened yesterday. Well, 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 the news is, first of all, it is a great, actually, news story from Mallow um, because and that we were at a disadvantage. There was a private company now over the um, up to 2018, I think, um, there was about 1.4 million um, taken away by that company. So, and we have the democratic control again now. It'll be back under county councils and under the management. So, so that will mean that the council will now have to employ traffic wardens? They will. So okay. very early in the new year now say there will be advertising for or two tra- traffic wardens and um, that we met actually yesterday and actually the management presented their report, it was a very thorough that report and it was very uh, rigorous and everyone was in a listening actually mode okay. from the politicians plus the officials. Now in every democracy you'll always have a bit of a healthy tension between the political system and between the administrative system, maybe like journalists as well. It's nice to have a bit of tension between journalists and the politicians itself, that we all don't get into better well into bed actually together. So we'd be too close. So so the chamber uh, actually that they came in as well, and so did the independent the traders in Mallow. And actually, Chamber made an outstanding submission, you know. Uh, uh, and the traders in Mallow wanted the private company gone. Absolutely. They wanted it back onto the remit of Cork County Council. Absolutely. So the traders are obviously yeah. very happy. Yeah. Running for election, actually, was number one, actually, in my campaign. Yeah. B- because parking was huge. Now, social housing, huge. And as well, traffic actually control. But was parking, I was getting it from the business people, you know, that they were losing customers. So what I would say to the people now is Mallow is open for business. We have the best best, um, um, shops in our Cork. You know, we've um, say we've all the multiples, we've our own uh, retailers. And actually, you can do anything in Mallow, you know. So Mallow, and as well, say, uh, well, the N20 was signed off as well. It's gone to design stage now, yeah. So this is the ring road around Mallow. Yeah, which is, is that, God, that can't come soon enough with the the traffic. Exactly, (gasps) because, but, but for years and years, Mallow Development Partnership, with the chamber that they've really spearheaded actually that mm. and we got great help say from Dairy Gold and from the Barry Group and from all the businesses b- b- businesses in Mallow so what I would say to people is that it was a political issue in in not a party political issue 
but it was a political issue that was coming from the people on the ground, you know, that they mm. were engaging with the political system, brought it to us, you know, the councillors, and in fairness, well, to all the councillors, you know, There was very it. much a united front, wasn't there, with all of and the councillors? Absolutely. You know, I saw Gerard Murphy, uh, he, was, he was speaking up on it, John Paul O'Shea, I mean, it was really good, this... It was, uh, and um, so always... Bork has won. But what I will say to the management as well is that they're willing to take our views on board because they could see that those well, views themselves, they were coming from the people of Mallow. Mm. And I mean, so that's an ideal system, you know, to bring, you know, people agitate, quite rightly so, and they bring it at our public reps. And then we have a duty then you know, to place all their concerns actually, say, be, be before the administrators. There is a tension there. It's a healthy one. Good, good. Well, one. well, I know, and it always saddened me when I would get a text or a call in from a listener who would be very disgruntled over picking up a, a parking ticket yeah. and and they would end their text by saying, I'll never shop in Mallow again. And that's yeah. very unfair on the traders. Now, that's not to say mm. that when the county council take over the parking, that it's a free-for-all and you can park anywhere. You still have to no. buy by the rules. You no. still have to pay for your ticket yeah. and all of that. But it's just, it was this overzealous okay. nature, I think, of handing out tickets that people were upset about. No, Tricia, is that it'll be back under democratic well, control uh, and the management as well. We're, we're in, you know, there's a fantastic management both in the county and up in Annabella and they were, they were listening. So there will be good changes as well, as well as being in-house. There will be other changes to make it more consumer-friendly for shoppers coming into town. So... Um, well, the first week of January, um, there will be a little bit of a stop, you, I know, um, say, by the time our, um, our parking wardens will be applied or, or appointed and they'll be in situ. It could be February, March. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to come in straight away. Well, and there, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough job, I have to say, as well. Are you fearful that you may have problems getting workers? I think traffic wardens it are tough is. jobs. Because no, no, the conditions are good. Yeah, but it's a tough I, job. You will be a member of very tough job. Yeah. But um, what our councillors actually said yesterday, and I think it's vital. See, in any job, you have to pick the right people yeah you know and I think particularly for that job yeah, particularly for that job now yeah. they're not actually well they shouldn't be there to punish people no part of their duties and we said that by the executive yesterday that the right people they're there to welcome people in yeah. the mallow and, and it's to and it's to keep traffic flowing and it's to make sure that there's a parking space available when you want to park it because there's nothing worse no. than you go to a town where no. you can never get a parking no. space exactly. because people are just abandoning so their cars so it has to be a nice happy so medium so what is a great news story okay. it is a great news story yeah. and, and we're over on time so I've got to leave Thank it there listen uh, James a happy Christmas a to happy you happy Christmas to all the listeners and to you as well and and we'll talk again in and 2020. We'll actually going again in the new year, hopefully. Okay. God bless. Mind yourself. Take care. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
Now we were talking about a bypass for, well it was the Northern Relief Road for Mallow and the fact that finally design stage got signed off. Now it's still a long way to go on this but at least it's moving a step closer. And then of course we were also referencing when I was chatting with Ian Doyle about the Cork Limerick motorway. How long have people waited for that? And it's looking like the route will be selected and springtime, sometime in the spring, within months we should be hearing about that and we'll all keep our fingers crossed but a listener says maybe it'll be a bit like the bypass for Bantry that's been in the pipeline for 40 years and more a route was marked out twice a section tarmacked with public lighting which which is done with over 30 years it's been going on and it originally started out over 40 years ago so I suppose the message that this listener in West Cork is saying to the good people of North Cork is don't hold your breath it can be a long time coming well in fairness I think the people in North Cork that have been waiting for the Cork Limerick motorway and the good people of Bandon are the good people of Mallow waiting for the Northern Relief Road the bypass there they've been waiting a long time as well so they almost have similar stories uh, to tell thank you for your text to 0862103103 and Mary in North Cork says I think it is very wise that Limerick County Council are the lead council when it comes to the planning of the motorway Mary Fields, Mary's from North Cork. She feels Limerick County Council uh, seem to uh, seem to operate better. She said the layout of Limerick, when you look at their roads and footpaths, are excellent. So maybe Limerick will be the local authority who will sort out this problem. She said, look at Cork County Council. They installed footpaths on the main road with traffic backed up to Grenna, and they do that in the week coming up to Christmas. Makes no sense at all, says uh, Mary. Thank you for that, Mary. And actually, my apologies to Joe in Mallow, who phoned in just at the end of my interview with Councillor James Kennedy. And he was wondering if I could ask James, was there any notice or any decision to resurface the town of Mallow? Now, I take it Joe was talking about the main street. So as... James was leaving the studio. We grabbed him. John Paul grabbed him to ask of the question, and he says that resurfacing of, of that it says the streets. I don't know which ones, ones, but it's in the plan for 2020 in Mallow. Also, there are footpaths that need to be replaced, as some of the footpaths are in disrepair. So it's it is in the pipeline. I think uh, Joe and Mallow, you'll be delighted to hear that. So 2020, some work should begin. Just had a call in to say there's been an oil spill between halfway roundabout heading to Bandon. Goodness, if driving conditions are not bad enough as it is today without an oil spill. So can you be very careful when you're on that road from the halfway roundabout heading towards Bandon, there is an oil spill. 1850-333-103. Can I bring you some good news? I can. Marion, remember Marion contacted us yesterday. She's from Blackrock and she contacted us because she is a customer of Vodafone. She gets her TV, her broadband and her phone all from, from Vodafone. Her broadband was fine. Her phone was fine, but she didn't have any TV I think since last weekend last Saturday my memory serves me right and she was just couldn't get on to them she was trying all different telephone numbers and just wasn't able to get through to them to say what was going on so she contacted us to see if we could help out and also if we could do a shout out to see was it an isolated incident for Marion in Black Rock or was there a lot of people having problems? You know, I was thinking maybe it was a more widespread problem. Now, we didn't get any calls in, so we were thinking, no, this must be something that's just particular to Marion. So we got onto Vodafone, passed on all of Marion's details, said, look, could you sort her out? It's coming up to Christmas. She wants her TV back. She's been back onto us today. 
to say that, that Vodafone contacted her yesterday morning and I'm assuming they sent out an engineer and the TV service was restored by midday yesterday. See, there's service. There's service. See, when you, once you can get through, it's the getting through those, the frustrating bits. So, Marion, glad that we could help you out there. And to all at Vodafone, take a bow and well done for sorting out Marion and for sorting it out so quickly. Now, on a completely different issue, a text in to say, and there's ads running about this from Revenue. Why are Revenue switching to online P60s without the option of a paper issue? Have they any regard for the computer uneducated minority who engage in mostly manual labour employment and who will not be aware of the breakdown of their wages, read tax-free allowances and expenses, and will not contact accountant to clarify their position as cost is a major consideration in tight budgeting households. It's another case of the minority being pushed aside in a similar way as the minority of pensioners who had less than the 520 contributions required for the contributory uh, pensions. And I was hearing the, I only found out about it because we were we were running an ad here on the radio, the ad from Revenue saying, because normally your P60 is included either in your, it either comes, I think it's in your, la, it's in your, in your pay slip in December or you get it with your pay slip in January. I'm, I'm unsure, but it is, you know, and people then will file it away. I don't know how many people read their P60, but I suppose for most people, they have a file and they put it away. But from this year, you'll have to go online. Now you can get a paper option then by printing it but you're going to have to print it yourself this listener is making the point what if you're not able to go online and there are and you know he or she is right there are minority of people who still don't engage with online all I will say is that hopefully you would have someone that you could contact maybe a family member who would be able to go online for you I would also direct you to any of the local libraries the people in the libraries are great they'll help you out as well and they all have access to the internet. There are other ways around it if you physically want to have a paper version of your P60 because you can print it off from revenue but you are right you do have to go online online yourself and they will and we're moving we sadly are moving more towards online we're being pushed some would say because this is a push because people there isn't a choice you know the way sometimes when you get a choice like banks banks are certainly pushing everyone towards online but they will still give you the choice if you want to get your the actual the you know your statements if you want to get them out by post they will send begrudgingly I think they'll send it out to you but they are certainly pushing everyone towards online and most of the utility companies they want you to do all of your business online and they encourage you they give you a discount by going online so they're kind of really helping to push you but there are some cases where you just don't have any choice and there's one with the revenue you really have no choice at all you just have to access it online and that listener is right there are unfortunately there are a small small minority of people who just don't engage with online who are Almost, I think, they have a feeling that they are in some way being left behind. 1850 333 103. And an email to patricia at c103.ie from David, who is catching up with the programme a little bit late. He was listening to the overnight. Says, Patricia, I was listening to your programme the other night on the tractor and the trailer and not pulling in to let the cars pass. Remember the issue that happened to me last Sunday when I was heading down to West Cork. On occasions, you might not get a place to pull in, says David. The tractor and the trailer driver pays tax and insurance and he's entitled to drive at a suitable speed on the road. You seem to have no time for slow drivers. But please take note, speed kills. New fines came in recently, redriving over the speed limit. I hope that those driving over those limits get the message. We are listening to the slow down message on radio and television regularly and that should be noted. I'm appalled at a tester 
failing a person doing the test for driving too slow. Trusting that the above will be taken into your consideration for the safety of road users. I'm driving for 50 years without any claims because I always drive within the speed limit. You're sincerely and that's from uh, David. Thank you for that, uh, David. I don't think I have no time for slow drivers. I think because I certainly have no time for people who speed by the way in case you think that I'm, I prefer the speeding drivers to the slow drivers but I think when it comes to slow drivers and I would hear it here so many times from other listeners many listeners feel that slow drivers can actually cause accidents and it's not that people have no time for slow drivers or they're against slow drivers but they use examples I suppose like the one that I used last weekend if you are Chugging along behind a big string of cars, going along behind a slow driver, it doesn't necessarily have to be a tractor and trailer now, but a slow driver. Some people get frustrated and then that frustration can lead to an accident. Now, if it does, who do you blame? Do you blame the driver who got frustrated and would you say to him, well, you shouldn't have got frustrated, you should just deep breathe and relax? Or do you blame the slow driver who caused the frustration, who caused the person to overtake and do something silly and that that, that, that led, to, led to an accident. And, you know, you, it does seem very unfair when somebody fails a driving test because they're driving too slow. But the fact that they fail a driving test because they're driving too slow proves that slow drivers can and do, unfortunately, cause accidents. And therefore, the driving tester has to point that out to the person who's doing their test. You could have caused an accident there because you were driving so slowly and whether there was a build up of cars behind them or, or, or whatever. But I don't in any way think that we have no time for slow drivers. I think people just want to point out what slow, slow drivers are doing wrong but I certainly, absolutely certainly have no time for excessive speeders. And well done to you David for driving 50 years. No claims you're obviously a very, very safe driver. Long may that continue. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie. A delivery driver is wanted for a busy takeaway that's in band and you need to have a full clean driver's licence, please. A shuttering carpenter that's wanted for the Bandon area, while a truck driver is wanted. It's for livestock haulage, Mitchellstown area. And full-time permanent company accountant is required for inbound luxury tour operator, home-based in the West Cork area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas for a season filled with magic. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. And Colm WhatsApping 0862103103, reacting to our piece where we're talking about the Cork Limerick motorway and Ian Doyle expecting that the design stage and the route uh, will be announced within the first few months of the year. He's saying it's going to happen in springtime, 
Cullum says, I'm sure we'll be promised the M20 in the spring when the general election happens. Thanking you, says Cullum. Oh, cynical Cullum for one so young. Very cynical. 1850-333-103. Now, BDM Boylan Solicitors in Cork, they're a leading employment law firm. They're urging employers to consider cancelling their Christmas party this year. Solicitor John Boylan uh, joins me. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. Now, goodness me, are you being a bit of a bad humbug here? Oh, yeah, you've, you've found the Christmas <laughs> Grinch in Cork City. Um, but no, there, there is a basis for it. Um, and uh, again, it's been proven this season as well. Um, we, we, we've done some presentations to employers um, over a period of time. And there is a terrible loss of staff, loss of morale, and some, in some cases, damage to a business's reputation by Christmas parties. Um, and there, there are many examples of it. Uh, I think it's I think it's commensurate with what's happening in general society, Patricia. That you know behaviour is getting worse. Um, we have found a big upsurge in assaults happening at Christmas parties. Uh, drug use is uh, getting much more common. And and know, what like what type of incidents, John, have you heard occurring at the office party? Okay. Well, first of all, to explain, it's probably a good thing to say that the Labour Court in Ireland and the Ordinary Court in Ireland have decided that the Christmas party is an extension of the workplace, Patricia. Okay. So that means that your behaviour is supposed to be the same as if you're in the office. And if it's not, you're subject to the disciplinary procedures. And not alone that, the dignity at work policies, which protect employees, applies at a hotel or wherever the Christmas party is being held. So to answer your question, what, what we're coming across is a huge upsurge in abuse of management uh, by verbal abuse, which is causing strains in relationships. Uh, we're causing an upsurge in physical assaults at Christmas parties. There's a huge upsurge in drug use, and there's a large increase in sexual behaviour. And also, with a strange one, there is... Um, an awful lot of employers, a lot of employers are, are discovering a new type of trend now, which is nudity at Christmas parties. People, you know, using the free bar and uh, not used to taking shots or double shots or triple brandies. And in, in Ireland, some people, when they hear free bar, they think that there's yeah. going to be no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And they get literally out of their mind hammered. And they end up, Patricia, taking all their clothes off in the middle of the dance floor and, of course, that's totally exacerbated then by mobile phone usage, by videos and by photographs where there's no going back. I mean, the thing has yeah, been... Yeah, because the poor, the poor inebriated person has no recollection of deciding to do a striptease in the middle of the dance floor until, I suppose, the next day's work of video surfaces. Well, you're absolutely right. Anybody who gets to the state of doing a full noodle striptease, I mean, when... Uh, there was an article recently about this topic and somebody sent me in a video actually because they had seen the article of, of this one of the Christmas parties this year where you had a man in his 60s in the middle of the dance floor completely nude and uh, the photographs taken and unfortunately now it seems if I have got it it's obviously gone viral so it's, there's ter- terrible terrible damage and you're right if, if somebody gets to that state they probably will not remember it until the following day And uh, we're discovering a lot of employees who do that type of behaviour. The company is losing them because they're not even turning up to work the following week or the following Monday because of embarrassment. Uh, And not alone that, there are knock-on effects if if you misbehave at a Christmas party. Like, if if a company has bad morale, Patricia, in the first place, in other words, if the company has difficulties maybe... 
they're going to be hugely exacerbated by drink. Uh, if there's relationships, problems, people threatening each other, and by large amounts of drink or possibly drugs, you can take it as a matter of certainty that whatever bad relationship existed during sobriety in the office, it's going to be 10 times worse when they get to the hotel and get full, fueled with drink. They'll start giving each other the double barrels of, uh, you know, of abuse. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, if you don't like your boss or your line manager for 364 days of the year, the one day on the Christmas party with drink added in and a little bit of Dutch courage, you're not suddenly going to, going to like this person. Well, worst, absolutely correct, and 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 um, and and the the, the feelings, uh, feelings on the love side and feelings on the dislike of management side are exacerbated and come out after drinks. So you have kind of, you know, some illicit behaviour. I mean, we have some recommendations to employers. First of all, that before they go to the Christmas party, everybody should get a light, semi lighthearted email warning them that they shouldn't bring mobile phones, that it is part of the workplace. Yeah. Second of all, they should not have overnight accommodation, Patricia. Providing overnight accommodation at a Christmas party is a recipe for disaster. If there are going to be, we'll call them, drink-induced relationships start, and if they're married people or people who are engaged or in relationships already with partners, if they have, you know, if they are drunk and Maybe their judgment goes out the window. Uh, the beer goggles go on. Beer goggles. And there's, a, there's rooms upstairs booked for them. It is not a good idea. Um, we've found lots of examples of it. They don't come into work the following Monday, one or other of them. They find it very hard to work together after that. They might stay in the workplace, Patricia, for three or four weeks. And then the whole strain of them having had a relationship, uh, not in mind what the impact is outside on their existing relationships, it, it does cause huge yeah, waking up the following morning and the fear sets in. And, then, and the, yeah, free, yeah. the free bar scenario, I mean, we, I've already spoken yesterday to one employer and, 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 and today, this morning, to another, that they would never again have a free bar. I had a managing director tell me this morning that uh, in Cork City on Saturday night, he, he, he tried to save one of his direct uh, employees who worked directly with him, who, who wanted to challenge every one of his co-workers to a physical assault, and a physical fight in the middle of the of the party, he he brought him to the taxi to get him home safely, and as he was getting into the taxi, he got the double barrels from the employee of thanks that he was a, an effing this and an effing that and an effing this and whatever, and like that's what that that's not good for the employee. It's certainly not good for the authority of the manager, and that stuff is happening uh, a lot. Yeah, um, Connor, one of our listeners says, Mr. Boylan, who you're speaking with, John Boylan, is not off the wall as uh, as as you might seem when a husband and a wife are not working in the same place. Wives, in particular, stray. Says Connor. Well, I think that the wives could say that the husbands can stray as well. And as you say, I think it's fifty fifty. Well, yeah, and it's alcohol and uh, and drugs now, but it's it's at, it's alcohol really is at the root of a lot of these incidents. Um, it is at the root of a lot of things, and uh, you know, it, it, there's no question about it. And a free bar, you know, we this idea just because at the free bar people have triples of brandies or triples of shots, it, it makes no sense. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively new phenomenon. Uh, it's now gone from the young, the very young people who seem to have got into these shots. It's gone to the older generation at times, and they literally get to a stage where they black out and they are not in a good place and. Uh, as I say, it, it is causing massive problems. I just to give you an idea as well as regards this this season. This season now, I'm aware of 
um, about 20 people in the last 10 days who have been suspended from work as a result of Christmas parties and three of those have already been dismissed. That's here in the Cork area? In the Cork City. Ooh, okay. So there's, there's, there's empirical evidence that companies so, uh, are uh, losing staff. And, and, and while, you know, if you talk to anyone about why why, uh, why do well, you have it, a staff it, party, it, they have it because they want to boost morale, they want to say thank you uh, to the staff. They need to reward their staff in a different way is what you're well, saying. That's a very good point. The, 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 there are different ways of rewarding staff. As you know well, you can give up to 500 euros of a voucher at Christmas tax-free. Um, anything from naught to 500. And... Uh, if, I also think if you ask as a manager, if you ask your team, do you really want a Christmas party? I think you may get a bit of honesty that, you know, it's grand that we're working with your nine to, you. Like you see, you see your work colleagues more than you see your spouses or your partners. And uh, I think you, if you ask the question, do you really want a Christmas party this year? That you might be surprised as an employer with the result that they might say, do you know what, if you don't mind, we don't. And also that would be good from the company's point of view because you won't be taking this risk of losing staff or losing morale. As you say there, you're supposed to be trying to engender morale. You're supposed to be trying to get it better. In over 50% of the cases of companies, I believe morale is affected for the negative. Wow. I remember one work colleague many years ago who never went to any of the parties and uh, when somebody asked him once, you know, why, why don't you go to the parties? He said, I have to work with you. I don't have to socialise with you. So, I mean, you know, you just... <laughs> well, honesty, yeah. Absolute honesty. All right. And, and, you, and, and you, you, you spoke about this on a story on the, on the Examiner. Are you getting a big reaction to the piece, John? Uh, we, we are actually and it's, I, I thought, I, you know, there would be an awful lot of negative that I was a gringe and that I was a, a grouch. Uh, I've got a surprisingly positive reaction, mainly from employers and a lot of employees who kind of said, you know, it's about time somebody called it out, that it isn't actually what that, a lot of people are going out on the pool at Christmas parties in the big companies. Uh, a lot of people are going out. I mean, there's no there's no there are no surveys in Ireland done uh, except by one by the Congress of Trade Unions who did a survey that 20 percent of sexual harassment happens at the Christmas party. Yeah. The only survey that I can that I did before doing the presentations was in England, in the United Kingdom. A lot of the, the damage is, is is recorded. People gave honest um, gave honest question, uh, answers to questionnaires, and over there they found that employees in the United Kingdom, over fifty percent of them, admitted that when they were going to go to the Christmas party, they were going to get drunk or hammered from drink. Yeah, and they admitted that before they even went. And they admitted that in the survey. So really, if you know that maybe 50% of your staff are going to go to a Christmas party and get drunk, you you, you know, you'd be well aware, Patricia, some people drink doesn't agree with them at all. Mm. I mean, I remember being in school with a, a lovely guy. He was probably the nicest guy in the class. And if he had two pints, he had this propensity to punch the guy nearest to him or the person nearest to him. So he gave up drink for life. So drink doesn't agree with a lot of That's people. True. And, That's true. and a text in from a listener says, would you do what you did at 2 a.m. in the morning at 2 p.m. in the middle of the day? If the answer is no, then what has changed? Alcohol slash drugs are a mixture of both. Uh, you're, what you're, this caller is saying is so spot on. Okay, I ha- have to say, and I thought it was going to be the opposite. I can't get over the number of people saying John Boylan is spot on. We need to get rid of these um, Christmas parties. So I, do I take it, BDM Boylan's listeners in Cork, you're not having a Christmas party? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we, 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 we got through it safely last Did Friday you? week. <laughs> and it was, lovely. it was lovely, actually. But do you know what? Morale was good inside before we went. So thankfully, we had, we, we, it was a lovely night, Patricia. But okay. I, I, I'm not being smart. I'm not just saying that. I'm just saying that, unfortunately, from what we're coming across, the aftermath in January and already this, this week from the couple of Christmas parties that have happened, it's very sad when an employer rings up and says, look, two of my great employees had a massive altercation at the Christmas party. One, they said terrible things to each other, and they end up possibly losing both in the new year, Patricia. Yeah. It, it's horrible. You know? Yeah, it's it horrible. is. It is. And Audrey says the answer is that companies should just limit the drink by giving vouchers. Many companies have started doing that. And they had to start doing that because exactly what John is talking about. People just do the dog because it's a free bar. Whatever it is, you know, people will drink. They would never drink like that if they were paying for it. But the fact that it's free, they think they can drink all the most. Listen, John, I enjoyed our chat. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. And uh, thanks for joining Happy us. Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And we will take back fully at the start when I accuse him of being a bad humbug because he's not. He's a nice, nice man. That's John Boylan, uh, a leading employment solicitor at BDM Boylan Solicitors in Cork. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. Cook's more music breakfast. Wake up with Simon Murdoch. Weekday mornings on C103. The Breakfast Show in Cork giving you the chance to win €2,760 is back tomorrow from 6. But who's going to win that cash? I know clue's going on. Clue? Going through a tunnel. I've lost coverage. <laughs> play again tomorrow. I'll get you through that nasty morning traffic. I'll play loads of Christmas tunes and Cork's greatest hits to ensure your morning has the best soundtrack possible. Back tomorrow from 6. See you then. Cork's more music breakfast. With Dano's Centra, Spa Glen Mallow. Enjoy a fresh start every morning with Dano's Maxol Filling Station, Frank and Honest Coffee, Deli and Bakery. Now this week, three West Cork businesses, Spearline, Ludgate and O'Donnell Design, have launched an initiative called Here to Stay to showcase job opportunities in Skibbereen and the surrounding areas. Lorraine McCarthy is Chief People and Culture Officer with Spearline and she joins me to outline more. Good morning to you, Lorraine. Good morning. Uh, How are you? I'm very well and you're welcome. Now here to say you're targeting people coming home for Christmas. Is, is, is that what the plan is? Yeah, that's um, so. It's anyone, I suppose, that's around the Christmas time, whether they're visiting uh, Skibbereen, whether they're back home um, on holidays, or or anyone that's local. It's just, I suppose, to show people that there are lots of job opportunities in Skibbereen, and that it's not just in one business. I suppose between ourselves here at Spearline, Ludgate, and O'Donnell Design, all three of us will have job opportunities in 2020. Okay, so there will be people travelling home from overseas, but there'll also be people travelling from other parts of the country uh, will be coming home for Christmas. And then, as you said, there'll there'll be people who will be just deciding to come to West Cork for Christmas this year. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I suppose, targeting all those people. And you're holding an open day next Monday. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's on next Monday. Um, It's on from 1pm until 6pm. We're hosted in two venues. So here in Spearline on North Street and Skibbereen and also in the Ludgate Hall Hub on Townsend Street. Um, O'Donnell Designs are actually going to base themselves in the Ludgate Hub um, next Monday afternoon also. So you'll be able to give details of what jobs um, are available? Exactly, yeah. So I suppose we're saying anyone that's interested to come along um, to both venues and meet the teams for a chat. Now, what are the advantages of working in a town like Skibbereen? 
Um, I suppose one of the main advantages, um, we were very lucky here, I suppose, in Skibreen with the high-speed broadband. Yeah. Um, and that's been, I suppose, a game-changer for us here in Spearline with, um, in connection with our growth. Um, the advantage is the commute is obviously a lot um, shorter for most people. Um, I suppose I read um, a couple of months back um, in the examiner that there was 43,000 people commuting from Cork County to Cork City um, every day. And I'm sure some of those people would like to be uh, working locally and not spend the time in the cars when they could be um, at the beach or at home with their families. And it can take up to two hours out of their day, every day, Monday to Friday. Yeah, yeah, and depending on where in West Cork, I suppose you're travelling from, yeah, it could even be longer. longer than that. Even yeah. even longer. Have you seen many people relocate in recent years? We have. Um, I suppose at the moment in Spearland, we have over 12 nationalities working for us. Now, I suppose we're lucky. We have four offices um, spread across three countries. So we have a sales office down in Waterford. We also have an office in Romania. And we have an office in Ahmedabad in India also. But here in Skibbereen, um, we have someone as far as New Zealand started working with us this year. So he moved back as his wife um, and is living locally. And did he have a connection to West Cork? Um, he, he married a local girl. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he moved for love as well as a job, as which well, is good. Yeah. Actually, just, just to, for, for people who don't know, just um, tell people what Spearline do. You're a technology company. Yes, we're a technology company. We proactively test phone numbers for connectivity and audio quality globally. So I suppose in layman's terms, the way I describe it to anyone who starts here with us, um, if you're on your holidays and you're in Spain and you go to use your credit card and it doesn't work, you want to, you want to ring the bank about it. So usually it's a free phone number and they're the numbers that we test to make sure they're working, that oh. the audio quality is there. And that's um, all over the world. So that's, you must be operating 24-7 then, are you? We have. Yeah, yeah we have a 24-7 support team. Um, we have half the team here in Skibbereen and the other half is based in India. So for time zones, and etc., we're, we're on 365 days of the year. And did it start here in Skibbereen or did it start in India and then move to Skibbereen? No, it started here in Skibbereen. Did so we well. actually opened the testing, or I suppose expanded the testing support team to India in March of this year. And when you say 12 nationalities, you need a lot of languages, would you? No, actually, it's no. All mainly um, English-based. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm, I digress. Okay. I digress. Um, and, and emigrants then that are coming home for Christmas, when I mentioned you were coming on, I was just thinking of, um, and I was watching on the TV last night, those scenes at the airport of families welcoming a loved one home, you know, and, and some people yes. will be coming home, like New Zealand, for example. If people get home once every two years from New Zealand, you're doing well, it's because it's expensive and it's the, the length of the travel time. Yes. And people... But emigrants deep down want to come home, don't they? I mean, there's there's something within us all about wanting to come back. Yes, I think so. And I suppose what we've seen here is it's usually when people start uh, start a family or have young children that if they've been even if they've been living in Dublin, that's when they start thinking about they'd like to be near home. Yeah, I think it's when that, the, that, when the yeah. kids start to arrive, uh, most definitely. And yeah. one of the advantages, I know from your own company, Spearline, you, you do paid paternity leave, isn't it? Parental we do. Leave. So we actually only announced that um, last Thursday and it's coming in from the 1st of January. So it's paid um, 
maternity and adoptive leave for up to 18 weeks and we've paid paternity leave as well. Well done, well done. Okay, yeah. so people can simply, you don't need to book a time slot next week, next no, Monday? We'll all, we'll, no, both locations will be open from one until six. Um, okay. so we'd be delighted to see anyone okay. on the day. And then will you be working, will Spearline be open over Christmas or...? So we're finishing on Christmas Eve and it's actually going to be the first year, I think, in the history of Spearline that um, our testing support team in India will be looking after um, our customers. So there'll be no team here in Skibbereen over Christmas. You'll all have a break, which is good exactly. to hear. All right, listen, Lorraine, good luck with the Open Day. It's, it's a terrific uh, initiative and, and I really do hope uh, you get people to either to return back home to beautiful West Cork or that people look at West Cork seriously as a place to relocate because it's just a fantastic neck of the woods for sure. Happy Christmas to everybody at Spearline. Lovely, and thank you, Patricia. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning Not to sure. you. Bye-bye, thank bye-bye. You. That is uh, Lorraine McCarthy who is Chief People and Co- and I meant to ask about that because I'd never come across that title. I was going to say to Jean-Paul, I think it's the first time I've interviewed somebody whose title is Chief People and Culture Officer. Great name. What do you do? I'm a Chief People and Culture Officer. And she's with uh, Spearline. But that's happening next Monday. If you have loved ones who are already home, heading home for Christmas, or you know of people coming to the West Cork area who might just be interested in taking a look at jobs that are on offer either at Spearline, uh, Ludgate. And of course, Ludgate are opening a second site in Skibbereen next year and they're going to be offering individual office spaces to remote teams and second site locations and startups and growing businesses. So there's going to be loads of opportunities around Ludgate in Skibbereen and then you've got O'Donnell Design as well. They are furniture makers and they've been established as one of the leading manufacturers of high quality bespoke furniture and they do it for the hospitality, residential and uh, marine sectors in Ireland would you believe some of their clients include the Queen Mary 2 cruise liner there you go I hope that's posh for you anyway if people want to go along you can either go to Spearline or Ludgate next Monday or if you've got loved ones coming home tell them about it they can pop in to that open day which is happening between 1 and 6 at both venues next Monday the 23rd of December 1850 John Paul taking your calls you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103 we are looking for your gardening questions please for Peter you can get those in you can either call us or you can text us This is the Court Today replay on C103 there's a couple of people picking up on the text that I did earlier from the listener about why is revenue switching to an online P60 without the option of a paper issue. This listener was just making the point that not everyone, there is a minority of people who are not able to access online, who don't have email accounts who don't have, maybe don't even have broadband in their home, who don't have computers, don't have smartphones and they are at a disadvantage. This listener feels because there's no consideration given uh, to them and they won't be able to check on their P60 to make themselves aware of the breakdown of their wages uh, etc. So a couple of people pointed out I was making the point that you could either maybe have a family member who might be able to help you out somebody else I mean I do accept there are some people who are not who are not online and have no knowledge of uh, technology but they'll have a family member they might have a son or a daughter or they might have a grandchild or they might have a sister or a brother or a friend who would be able to help them out and be able to do it, do it for them and failing that 
I was also suggesting you go to the library that all of our libraries have internet access and the staff there are great they certainly would be able to help you out Sandy though was pointing out in order to print off the P60 which is what I was saying you could do uh, you need to contact Revenue for a PIN number to access the account which is supposed to be confidential and not not to be given to others says Sandy I suppose picking me up on the fact if you go to the library you're going to be handing your details well I, I wouldn't I would say that a li- somebody in the library would be able to help you and get you online and show you what to do and then tell you put in your number I don't think anybody would ask you for your PIN number I don't think any the staff members would they would just help you out and then Dennis says Patricia the P60 will no longer be available this year they're moving to a new form called an EDS an employment detail summary so you do have to go online I think you guys are running an ad for it yeah I mentioned that when I got that text in that I'd heard an ad for it and you're right I didn't know it was called an EDS the employment details summary it'll be made available by by revenue to employers via their myaccount.ie and employees employment details summary will contain a summary of your pay your income tax your USC your PRSI your local property tax per employment as reported by their employers and that is coming in I'm assuming from the 1st of January so it's called an Employment Detail Summary and that is placing the old P60. Uh, 1850 thank you by the way for those texts 1850 we need your gardening questions please uh, you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 with Cork City Council and Blow a Cork Christmas celebration festive food and fun the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade visit Blow open every weekend until Christmas there are now even more ways to listen to C103 tune in on your radio go online or grab our mobile app and now you can ask your smart speaker to play C103 play C103 Okay. So you can just follow me. Try it now. Try it now. Follow, follow, follow. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A lovely good news story for us now. And this is to do with something actually we did on the programme about maybe two weeks ago when Dennis Murray, the principal of Drumahan National School, joined us in studio to tell us about the great boys and girls of Drumahan National School and how this year they are collecting items for charity instead of giving their teachers a present at Christmas time. They collected non-perishable goods and food for homeless help and support Cork and the Cork Simon community. And they also collected wool, which they've donated to a group in Glenmire. They're a group of knitters who are going to knit blankets for the homeless. Our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran went along to Drumahan National School and she spoke to pupils from the senior infants class about what they had collected and then also spoke to pupils from fourth class who had managed to collect lots and lots of selection boxes. Here's how she got on. I brought in the Nutella because I wanted the people to be happy. How does Nutella make you very happy? Yeah. I like Nutella a lot. I brought in the cereal over there and I can't believe there's an elf on it. Soup, because I like soup. And who had you put all the stuff together? Um, my dad. And last night um, we got the food in the shops. The cookies, pasta and tea. And and does anybody know where all of this food is going? 
yes. people that have no money. Yeah. Which is the people who are poor and have no food. We bought lots of selection boxes for the homeless. So, like, every Christmas I always get these and I just think it's better that the homeless children get them because they might be hearing about us getting them and it's just nicer to give back. At least the homeless people will know there's people out there thinking about them. If you give them, like, something very little, I mean, a lot to the homeless and to, like, all the children. I think it's better to bring selection boxes because a lot of people like chocolate, so the people on the streets might like it, it and they haven't had it in a long time, so it might taste better. Making other people happy on Christmas Day will also make me happy again, like, more happier than I always was. Will you think about these people now on Christmas morning? Yeah. Will everybody think about them, yeah? Yeah. Yes. yes. What about your teachers then? Like, were they sad that they weren't getting presents from you guys? Well, I'd say I don't really think so because we're giving we're giving people that don't have anything, um, like chocolate and different things because they have nothing for Christmas. <laughs> and our teachers, they have a lot. <laughs> so I think it's fair for us to give to people that don't have anything. When you're thinking about Christmas, just think about all the poor people that didn't get anything for Christmas and now getting Christmas presents. And the teachers probably don't mind because they give us homework, so it's kind of fair. All fair. All fair. Aren't they gorgeous children? Absolutely gorgeous children. Well done to the boys and girls of Drumahan National School and to their incredible teachers and their principal, Dennis Murray. He's a great guy. And to their parents, because obviously their parents uh, help them buy the items, obviously. Uh, I thought the little one with the Nutella. Nutella makes everybody happy. We should all be having Nutella every day. Well done, well done. Okay, let me go to some of your calls and texts coming in. And by the way, keep your questions coming in for Peter Dowdle, please, because he will join us. I know you wouldn't put a dog out today, but you might have a gardening question for him. Get it in. It's kind of armchair gardening, isn't it, at this time of the year? So if you're planning or anything that you think that Peter can help you with. Get your questions in 1850 Huge amount of calls and texts. I won't get to all of them. Let me just read out a few of them. Eleanor Montanati said the water was out yesterday affecting the area. The water is back now but it's a murky colour and people aren't sure whether it's safe to drink or not. Uh, she said we did contact Irish Water again. The water was off for a while yesterday in many parts um, particularly affecting Montanati, Mayfield, Oliol, Roll and Silver Springs. But the water did come back, but um, it was on and off, came back, but it's the colour of it that she's having a problem with. We're getting on to Irish water. Don't know if we'll have something back before we finish up today, but we are on to them to see. So hold off. Yeah, and it is very difficult. How Somebody pours out a glass of water and it's a murky colour. You're not inclined to drink it. I can absolutely understand that. On this issue of going online that we mentioned, and this is to do with the P60s and revenue have changed their system and they're now instead doing this uh, employment uh, summary which you can only download it online and I was making the point that not every well another listener came on to us saying not everybody is au fait with being online and Carmen says Patricia whenever I hear ads or even your good self calling out information it always seems to be a website is given you can go to this website for more detail why can they not also include a phone number? These days, it's just websites and our contact us online. 
What about many of us, Sis Carmel, that can't go online and don't go online? We really do do and can feel that we're being left out. Even now, with the Christmas break coming up, you will see people saying, if you need help or support, contact us online. Why can't people ring somebody over Christmas? Why does it always have to be online? John in Ballyclaw is not a happy camper today. His insurance has gone up by €80. He says again, so I'm assuming he went up last year. He said, I've got, it's the, it's the levies, he reckons, are bringing in the money for the government. He's never had a claim or anything in 87 years. What I would say to you, John, is do not accept that renewal that you get in. Now I'm going to say to you to go online, which will probably annoy Carmel, who's just been on saying we can't all go online. You can ring in companies as well. But if you have access to the internet, you can do it online yourself. I will be starting to get quotes from other companies. You will be surprised. Surprise. And I took my own advice this year because when my car insurance came in, I think it was gone up by about a hundred and no, I think it was it was gone up. I think it was around the eighty mark actually. I think you're right, it was under a hundred, I think mine went up by. So I decided I'm always preaching to people, don't take the first quote, you know, don't have loyalty to a car insurance company. Ring around, see what you can do. So I spent some time, about an hour, I think it took me. I went online first, took a few looks at quotes online, rang a few companies, got quotes from them and I saved myself €150 was what I saved. I actually got it cheaper even than what I paid last year. So I certainly was a happy camper. So John, that is my advice to you. Uh, Please check in either go online or ring some of the companies. Okay, also into us on by text. Hi Patricia, just on the P60 topic I discovered this was all gone online now when I went to print off the Med 1 form that I always complete at the end of every year. Not only do I have to go online now for my P60, I also have to do the Med 1 form online. I did not know that Valerie. And lots of people do that, they print it off and then fill it in. So that's now gone online. So it looks like everything to do with revenue has gone on line. Slow drivers. Whenever we mention slow drivers or fast drivers we always get calls and texts in and this was because somebody heard the repeat of my show on Monday night and was picking me up saying that I was picking on slow drivers and that I seem to be against slow drivers which I'm not, which I'm not but I just I can see where people are coming from that some slow drivers can cause accidents. Here's a great text in saying Hello Patricia, compliments of the season from Clonakilty to all at C103. Many happy returns. Some years ago, after slowing down to negotiate a roundabout on the Cork Ring Road, it was late at night, I was pulled over by a motorcycle Garda on exiting the roundabout. I'd slowed to about 50 kilometres per hour. Everything was in order and I asked him, was I going too fast, Garda? Is that why you stopped me? And he said, he said, no, it's just that you slowed down and I thought you were having problems with your driving. So obviously this listener was being so careful and obviously the Garda at that hour of the night was used to probably seeing people speed through the roundabout, particularly if there's no other cars around, that he actually thought maybe this, somebody is maybe a little bit impaired. Maybe a little bit the worst for wear because it's late at night. Goodness me. Thank you for that. Hi, Patricia. Do the slow... Oh, here's another great one. Do the slow drivers ever consider the people trying to earn a living living are trying to get home to give a child dialysis, cancer treatment or other life-critical medicines are trying to rush to a hospital. I once travelled behind a farmer with a trailer eating an ice cream cone doing about 20, km, 20 miles per hour at very best from a croom to the Bandon Cross while I was trying to rush my 11-month-old son with cancer to the Mercy Hospital for a life with a life-threatening temperature. Slow drivers cost as many lives as fast drivers. If you can't see the emergency service vehicle at the back of the queue of traffic behind you, 
then you are causing life-threatening delays. If people want to drive slow, that's fine. But let the people who are competent at driving at the correct speed uh, do so, please. That's a great text. Thank you for that. I hope your little son uh, got, well, got to the hospital okay and that you're, he's okay and that you're okay. But thank you for sharing that uh, with us. Micah says, Patricia, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Just a quick comment on or on so-called slow drivers. I've seen it myself many times. You're driving at the suitable speed for the road and the conditions you're driving in and some speedy in a hurry individual passes you out like they're in a rally. Lo and behold, you get to the roundabout or the junction ahead and there they are in front of you by maybe they've gained a couple of car lengths at the very most. Please slow down and respect others on the roads roads, and just be safe. Remember, not everyone is as comfortable driving faster than others. Happy Christmas to you all. Love the programme. Thank you. That's from Michael. Thank you for that, Michael. And a final one. Slow or fast? Individual responsibility on all to drive. It's individual responsibility on all to drive at the speeds that you can stop safely in the distance that you can see to be clear. So it's, it, it's yeah, it's the conditions. It's the, it's the road conditions. I mean, driving today, for example, I assume the safe way to drive is to go under the speed limit. I hope there's nobody speeding out there with the way the weather is today. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. We are looking for your questions for Peter, please. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Irish Blood Transfusion Service. They're holding donor clinics. It's in Bandon GAA Pavilion. And it's this afternoon between 3 and 5 and 7 to 9 tonight. Bohabee Comprehensive School, they're presenting the school choir and traditional music group singing and dancing tomorrow Thursday, half past 7 until half past 8. It'll be in the school library. All are welcome. Nagel Rice Secondary School, where they're hosting a Christmas concert with their choir and trout group also tomorrow night. Donnerail Parish Church starts at half past 7. Mince pies, teas and coffees will be served in the community hall afterwards. And tickets are available from the school or from your local centre and to all the schools today because Jemina National School they're holding their nativity play and carol singing it's in Jemina Church tomorrow Thursday and that's at 7pm that sounds absolutely delightful and Eddie Stones will lead prayer and rosary in St Mary's Church in Mallow this coming Friday with a 7 o'clock start individual confessions begin at half past 7 followed by Mass and individual prayer. All are very welcome. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and making your celebrations special. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Hi, Simon here. As you know, Cork has a host of local and world-class brands and it's a great place for shopping. This Christmas, we're asking you once again to make every effort to shop locally. We'd be delighted if you could do your Christmas shopping right here in Cork. Because a thriving local economy is good for everyone. 
Shop locally and you'll save time, you'll save money and you'll save local jobs. Support your own this festive season and have a very happy Christmas from all of us at C103. The Cork family say they're absolutely overwhelmed by the response to help them after a house fire last weekend. The family, who have three young children, were left devastated when a fire broke out at their home at Western View in Carrigaline. And joining me now, the mum, and that is Una Cronin. Uh, good afternoon to you, Una. Hi. Um, I'm very well. Now, firstly, you're all okay, and that's the main thing. Let's yeah, let's focus on the positive. Every everyone got out okay. Can you tell us what happened? Um, it was just happened one day at uh, around five o'clock. Uh, we were at home um, putting on the dinner. Uh, my husband was having a shower, and just the power went, and then there was a big bang, and I went out like. And the fuse box was um, on fire. And the fuse box was it's in the hall, is it? Is in the hallway. It's in the hallway. Yeah. And it literally had burst into flames. It just uh, happened fairly quickly. Uh, it started small and went bigger and bigger. And were the children at school because it was Monday? They were home, and they were the two younger ones were in their PJs. And uh, we got them all out. And we're just very lucky. And your children, they're, they're, what age are they? Uh, my eldest is 12. My daughter is 9. She'll be 10 next. And my youngest is 6. So you literally just got out of the house, dialed 999, and did the fire brigade come pretty quickly? They came fairly quickly, yeah. They, got, they were very good. And what have you lost? Um, it's clothes. It's like our main priority is just getting a roof over our heads that we can stay while the house is being refurbished. Is there um, is there a lot of work needed doing, Una? There is a fair amount, yeah. It will take probably about five months. Yeah, because yeah. even with the fire brigade arriving on time, it's smoke damage, isn't it? It destroys yeah. everything. Yeah, clothes and stuff. Yeah, and even if clothes don't get burnt, you can't get that smell. Oh, turns. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. on it's unreal. So you've been left with literally the clothes you're wearing. I yeah, well I had to go my neighbour lent me clothes and then I went to go shop and got clothes, a few things like uh, PJs and stuff. But your big, your main priority now, the phone line isn't great, our, our apologies on that, it's just the signal, let's say, where uh, Una is. Your main priority is you need to rent a house in the Carrigaline area. Yeah, close to the school. What school do your children go to? A uh, school for Lourdes and St. John's girls. Okay, so, uh, and, and of course, with the housing crisis, yeah. it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it is very hard. And you will need it for at least five months, if not six. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you never know when no. things go. Yeah. And d- did I read, your, you've lost Christmas presents, have you? Uh, there's a small few things like, but um, we, Joe, there's some things that we, we are able to get, get out on the night. Joe, the fireman. Uh, helped us out a lot. All right, and there was a GoFundMe page 
set up. This is what we want to direct people uh, towards. Yeah, yeah the KC set that up on our uh, I know, And within, it's. I don't even think it's up and running 24 hours yet, is it? No. And we've just checked it's a 13,000 euro. It's just crazy. <laughs> like at this time of the year, it's on and people have their own things going on. Yeah, but Una, it's the generosity of the people of Cork, isn't it? Yeah, they're fantastic. And I know there's been offers of people donating items to you because, of course, we're going to have to wait and see if you get a furnished house, if you get an unfurnished yeah, house. We've all that, like, yeah. And so you, we don't own that. I mean, like, basic things like towels, bed sheets and all that as well, like, you know, you, you need everything. You're starting out from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the and I'm, the 13,000 certainly will buy you an amount of stuff and I'm sure it'll go even higher. And I know we've got people donating items and actually people can donate items here to C103 and, and uh, at the registration here and we'll get uh, it to, to Una. You've just been brilliant. And have you got onto any local estate agents? Or are you still all a bit in shock with it all? Like we're up in the air. We just don't know. Just trying to step by step. And where are you staying at the moment? Uh, Neighbours are putting us up. Um, myself, my daughter, one neighbour, and my husband, and and the two boys are in an hour. Oh, that's that's not ideal. You can't have the family split. <laughs> no, and not so, not this day next week is Christmas Day. I know. Yeah. Uh, We'll manage whatever way. Please God, please God, it, it will be the Christmas miracle. Would be to get you into a house for this day next week. It would be great. Okay, so we're putting the word out. If anybody knows of a house for rent in the Carrigaline area, three bedroom house, will that do? It doesn't do. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to be fussy. You know, to be happy with anything. Yeah, you just all want to be together roof over your head your own front door and then because t- for the children as well are they are they seeing it all as a bit of a holiday at the moment staying in the neighbour's house are they aware of really what's gone on oh they're fully aware yeah I don't it's like an adventure yeah just try and make it yeah make it as an adventure to them they don't need to know the, the full ins and outs of it somebody wants to know was it a smart meter Oh, I couldn't tell I couldn't you. couldn't tell you. No, you couldn't tell you. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things that when it happens, it happens. And doesn't it show how quick fire can happen? Oh, yeah. It really does. Thank God you were there and you reacted so quickly as well. All right, Una, we'll keep in contact with you. And I know we're putting a link up on our Facebook page to the GoFundMe page. Uh, you just look after yourself, okay? And uh, God yes, is good. Thanks. And please God, somebody will, will turn up with a, a lead for a house to rent in Carrigaline. And listen, thank you for joining us and talking to us today. Thank you. Okay, uh, good. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That is Una Cronin, the mum of those three young children, 12, 9 and 6, to be out a week before Christmas. It really is shocking. So we put the SOS out. If anybody can help out financially with the GoFundMe page, that would be terrific. Or if you want to donate uh, any items, uh, get on to us and we'll see if it's something in particular that Una needs. But failing that, the big, the main priority at the moment now is a house to rent for a mum and a dad and three young children for I suppose about a six month lease. 
because it's going to take at least that to get the house that she's in, to get that all sorted out, renovations done and the smoke gone and all of that and get her back into the home. So if anybody can help us with that, if you can contact us, please, 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And as I say, John Paul will put a link on our Facebook page to the GoFundMe page, which when we last checked just before we went live with uh, Una, it was a 13,000 euro raised in less than 24 hours. Well done, the good people of Cork. Fantastic as always. Uh, John Paul takes those calls, 1850-333-103. We'll take a break and we're back with Peter Dowdle. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to... When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Manway and every area in between. We've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click regional reports or download the C103 app and click podcasts. Regional reports only on C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. And keep your gardening questions coming in, please, because Peter Dowdell, the IrishGardener.com, joins us for the final one of uh, 2019. Good afternoon to you, Peter. And it's a day to head from the gardens <laughs> indoors. Yeah. Uh, that was what I said, a bit of armchair gardening and planning yeah, and, and, and all of that. Catalogs and garden books and things like that. And yeah. dream of those long summer months ahead. Yeah. And actually, that's exactly what Laura is. Laura is doing some planning. She's in Mayfield. She says, an item called an echo composter. You had it on Twitter and you said you were going to try it out. She wants to know, did you try it out and how was it? She saw one in Carlo. So to buy or not to buy, that is the oh, question. Yes. I was trying to figure out which one she was talking about there when you were when you were talking but yes I remember and you know what uh, I did say that on social media because I was hoping to try one out but I haven't tried it out yet because I haven't um, I haven't I'm basically I'm too mean it's 200 euros and I haven't bought one okay. um, so I must try it out it's it one product of the year this year's Chelsea it's it's, uh, it's one of these composting units that'll take food waste and garden waste but it promises to turn it into compost within if I'm right within I think three to six weeks mm. so uh, any, anybody anybody that has used a conventional composter will know that three to six weeks is kind of magic so uh, I, it, you know what the short answer to the question and I won't evade it I haven't tried it so I can't tell her but uh, I have heard very very good reports of it but to so, yeah. win that prize at Chelsea it would be pretty good oh, yeah. isn't it yeah. it's, not going, it's not going to get product of the year at, at Chelsea yeah. though, unless, it, unless it deserves it and because I know when we spoke about composters before, the one that looks like the thing that you spin the bingo balls in, the round yes. one, the rotating yes. one, they're pretty yes. good, but they don't do it that quick. They don't do it that quick, but they do. You see, the whole thing with, with composting is if you're composting your waste, you do need to agitate it. So, like traditionally, the old-fashioned way, if you like, of doing it was, uh, and this is still practiced widespread, and it's still probably the best way of doing it, where you'd create a compost heap or a compost uh, area, and you, you, in, in different bays so you'd have a bay of fresh waste and then when it's full you 
over, you, you dig it into the second bay, so you're dispersing the heat. The heat it gets quite hot in the centre, you see, and it's that heat that's breaking down the materials. So you need to spread that heat out and you need to get the inside into the middle or the outside of the pile into the mm. middle, if, I, if I'm describing, my, describing it correctly. So the old-fashioned way of doing it was that you would dig it from one area to, or to the next. So where the compost tumblers come into their own is that they're doing that for you. Yeah. So you're not digging it, and you're, but you're tumbling it. As you say, it's like the National Lottery Draw Drum. Um, it's tumbling it for you. So it's constantly uh, ensuring that what's on the outside is going into the inside and vice versa dispersing the heat and they do work well they, but they, I mean it will still take three to six months to break it down uh, which isn't long really but I mean it's certainly not a, it's, it's certainly not as quick as what this one is promising now the only thing to bear in mind because there are several compost tumblers on the market do bear in mind that one that you get has holes in it some of them don't have any holes or maybe just one or two holes and you need holes in them for the air to get in and for the liquid to drain out I have seen some with no holes and that's, that's going to lead to anaerobic um composting which is very, number one is very very slow but number two the discharge of the effluent from that isn't isn't necessarily uh, beneficial or, or good for the soil uh, so you do want to make sure if you're getting a compost tumbler that it does have holes in it or else treat yourself to this I can't even remember what it was called the caller said they're an eco compost yeah an, an eco or an echo eco maybe it was eco she, it's, it's yeah. now as echo it's probably an eco composter okay all right, yeah. keep keep a look after that. It's kind of it's, and when I do try it, I will certainly update please do. Uh, and it's it's it would be a nice idea as well as a Christmas present for the gardener that does everything. I come here if anybody wants to. You know, you have a week a week to get it to me. I'll, I'll send my address, no problem. <laughs> and you'd be only too <laughs> delighted. Okay, so, uh, other questions. In there was a question in earlier today from Margaret in McCroom. Could you please ask Peter? Is it too late to set daffodil bulbs? Thanking you and have a happy Christmas. Well, thank you very much, and the same to you. But. Um, no, it's not too late at all. And if you have bulbs, daffodil bulbs, tulip bulbs, crocus, whatever they are, if you have them and you haven't planted them, they're not going to come to anything if you don't. Uh, in fact, they'll just probably rot away. So you've absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain by planting them. Uh, so do get them in, provided they're firm to the touch. If they're anyway soft or squishy, throw them out there, they're finished. But if, provided they're still firm to the touch, plant away. And you, you'll probably have your daffodils a bit later than normal, but that will rectify itself in the following year. But certainly, yes, plant away. And even when I know she's talking about daffodils, but if anybody's got tulips, I still haven't planted my tulips. I like the weather to get good and cold, uh, which it did the last couple of days before I plant the tulips. So anytime from now on, I'll be planting my tulips. I'll, I'll hopefully do it over the Christmas break. Because Mike in Bantry obviously has too many bulbs and he's wondering, can you keep bulbs in a bag until next year? No, no. No, yeah, no. he's better off just planting them out as well. Absolutely. Okay, uh, also in, where's it gone here? Hi, Trish and uh, Peter. Um, I cut back an old sprawling apple tree. I cut it back hard in November. It's still very tall and big. It's got huge limbs. How hard could I go next year without damaging the tree? It was laden with apples again this year, says Jer in Newmarket. That's an did old Jer tree. Say, did Jer say it wasn't laden? No, it was. It was. It was okay. laden with apples again this yeah. year. Well, really, you've got a vigorous tree there, and with pruning it, what all you're doing is encouraging these new growth and new fruiting spurs to come. So you are going to, it is going to do this every year. Like, the answer to the question is difficult, uh, how far he can cut it back without damaging it. It's difficult to say without actually being there to see the tree and showing him. But, like, realistically, you, you can prune it back. You can prune them back very, very hard. You can prune back to within, like, once you identify your main stems, within a few buds or a few nodes of those main stems, and you can reduce the main stem significantly as well. Uh, it, I know that that as an answer, that's you know difficult to visualise. But but realistically, without being there to show or to show a picture, 
yeah. it's hard hard to say it accurately. But I would I I wouldn't be concerned about going too hard. Okay, and Billy in Formoy has an apple tree. Now, it's only three years old. He wants to move it. He thinks it's in the wrong location. Is it okay to move a tree that's three years old? Well, the, well it's probably more than three, but it's been three years in that location. Yeah. So three years, you would it, it would have established to a certain degree at this point. So yes, uh, you do have to be careful, but you would say three years. No, it's not well established by any means. Uh, so you should be able to to move it. Now is the time to move anything in the garden. Uh, kind of between November and February is the time to do it uh, when the plant is dormant. So do it now um, and get as big a root ball as possible because there is still, I mean, it goes without saying, it's three years in the soil. And the roots are have gone into the fresh soil. So there is going to be a risk moving it. But after three years, that risk is still small enough. But do get as big a root ball as possible when you're moving it. A listener has a castor oil plant. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was fine when I bought it, but it's turning yellow and there are holes coming onto the leaves. Uh, does it need a feed? Yes, I would say with the yellow, it's probably a bit hungry. All right. The holes of the leaf, I'm not sure without seeing them. It could, could, well, I don't know actually without seeing it. I'm not even going to hazard a guess. But with the yellowing, I imagine it's a deficiency of something. Could be iron, could be magnesium. Um, if it's in, if you think it's in too small a pot, send us in a picture if you want of the, of the plant in the pot, and I'll see if it's in too small a pot or not. If it is in too small a pot, repotting it into good fresh compost will help. Uh, if it's if it's if the pot looks like the right size, then a, a good feed will do it. Something like the Bio Gold or something like that is what I would use. Okay, Garod. Um, hi, could you ask Peter, please? When can I move a red robin? It was it was planted about four years ago. I want to move it from one side of the garden to the other side of the garden, as it simply got too big there. And when can you set a new one? Thanking you, Garod. Well, the, the last part of the question is the easiest part to answer. So, when you can set a new one is kind of any time because they're all grown in pots now. So pretty much so you can plant them any time of the year so there's no root disturbance when you're planting from a pot so that I would say plant away the new ones whenever you want uh, as regards moving a four year old one that's got too big there is definitely a bit like the apple tree we were talking about a minute ago uh, when they're evergreen number one the risk is more substantial when you're moving it that you will lose it so what I would say is cut it back now by about at least 50% so cut it back hard uh, I would probably wait till after Christmas wait till January wait till we get a, hopefully a proper cold snap for, for the evergreen plants, you want it to be really, really dormant. So you want it to be in the middle of a cold spell. So January is normally the time I'd recommend for moving evergreens like that. Cut it back by half, move it in January, do get as big, big a root ball as possible. Don't leave it out of the ground for any length of time. Move it straight into its new home. Uh, so have the whole dug first before you lift it. Um, and then, uh, uh, <laughs> as I always say, cross your fingers and pray to whatever God you believe in that it's going to survive. And uh, next spring and summer, because you will have damaged some of the roots unavoidably in the move, you're going to have to help it get, get water. So next spring and summer, it won't have fixed itself that quickly. So do make sure you're pouring water on it during any dry periods next summer. OK, email in from Anne uh, to say, question for Peter, please. How do I go about planting a holly tree in my garden? There are a few holly trees growing in my home place, some of them producing red berries. Is it best to buy one at a garden centre or c- could I take a slip from an existing tree? Also, do I need to, the fact that it's holly, do I need to plant a male and a female variety? Thanking you, says Anne. OK, well, again, dealing with the, the final part of the question first. Yes, most hollies will require a male and a female. Um, so the, the the male the, some plants 
uh, just produce male flowers without getting too scientific about it, and some just produce female flowers, whereas m- most of our gardening pl- garden plants will have both, are, are a flower with the same part, male and female on the same plant. Um, so you do need to plant a male and a female. Whether you're probably better off, I'm going to say you're better off to get one in a garden centre because the job is done for you. It's easier if you like it. You've got a rooted plant that's a few years old, so that you're not you're not losing that few years. You could, of course, try taking cuttings from the ones in your home place. Uh, and January, February, actually, for holiday is probably a good time to try it. Uh, but you will be number one, they're not the easiest to, to strike from cuttings, and number two, you will obviously be waiting a few years to get them to what you would get in a garden centre today. Um, so I would, say, and the other thing is with a garden centre. If you're if you go like if you're taking cuttings, you'll have to be careful to identify which one is male and which one is female. A lot but of work in that. There is a bit of work yeah, in yeah. the garden centre. You should be they should be able to tell you which one is male and which is female. Okay, and Tom in good luck with that. And Tom in Glenville says best hedging for the top of a ditch for a wi- for wildlife: white thorn or black thorn. I would say a mixture. I mean, the, the whole thing about promoting wildlife and promoting biodiversity is the greater the range of species you plant, the greater the range of, of species you'll, uh, of insect and wildlife species that you'll sustain. So I would say the best thing is not to have um, a one species hedge, particularly in a rural situation, go with a, go with a, a various species, a mixed hedge. So maybe go with white thorn and black thorn and maybe put some evergreen like the holly we were just talking about in through it. So you've got uh, some evergreen which will support a lot of the birds nesting as well. So I don't think it's an either or. I think it's the more the better. Okay. And very finally, Marie, I've two skimmias, male and female, far too big for the shrub bed they are in. If I cut them back, when will I cut them back, even at the risk of losing the flowers of berries for, for this year? If you want to cut them back, I would say probably with the frost, I would hold off a bit. I would probably hold off till February. Uh, so in other words, any berries that are on them now, you'll, you'll get to enjoy them between now and February. Uh, so I would hold off until February because if we do get a cold spell like we had in the last few days, uh, you could do a bit of damage by cutting them back now. Okay, all right, that's where we wrap it up uh, for today. Um, are you are you do you take January off? Do you is that kind of a quiet time for gardeners? <sighs> I like to take January <laughs> off. It's not happening next year. Is it not? Is it not? Back into well, it's a good complaint. Just just very very busy. So uh, yeah, we we don't really have time to take much time off. I'll still oh, don't get me wrong. I'll still take Christmas off properly. Good. I'll take the two two or two and a half weeks and enjoy every bit of it. And let me take the opportunity to to, to wish you a happy Christmas and all the listeners, Trish. I hope everybody has a a, a lovely time and a lovely gardening year ahead. Oh, absolutely and uh, many happy returns and thank you you've been wonderful as always and we'll chat you again in 2020 thanks for that Peter look forward to it thank uh, you bye bye that is uh, Peter Dowdell from uh, Peter Dowdell the Irish com. so that's where I leave you for today thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richard for the afternoon we're back with you tomorrow at 10 onto the Lamp Patricia Messenger good afternoon Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration festive food and fun the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. I've got all your festive favourites from Wham, Band-Aid and the Pogues. It's the most wonderful time. TV chef Kevin Dundon pops in with a Christmas dessert idea. Is it good, Kevin? Oh, it tastes unbelievably good. More of Santa's Christmas calls. Do you want cookies or mint? It's going to be good, isn't it? Absolutely. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103.